Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will it's that time of day when I walk through Edwin's office <laughs> and say, hey, Edwin. <laughs> What you do? It is it is your goal to kick this thing off in a way that causes me to lose it, isn't it? I try to. <laughs> I try to have a little playful banner as we begin. Uh, good to see you today, Andrew. Good to see you, buddy. You know what? We have been selecting different Bibles to read from today, and yeah. you thought of a whole other one we haven't read from yet this season. Well, we received an email from one of our faithful listeners, really appreciated that, suggested a couple of translations, and it really caused me to say, well, maybe I'm going to branch out a little bit more. It made me think of the Net Bible. Sure. Uh, the New English Translation. So here we are in Psalm 9. I will thank the Lord with all my heart. I will tell about all your amazing deeds. I will be happy and rejoice in you. I will sing praises to you, O Most High, when my enemies turn back, they trip and are defeated before you. For you defended my just cause. From your throne you pronounced a just decision. You terrified the nations with your battle cry. You destroyed the wicked. You permanently wiped out all memory of them. The enemy's cities have been reduced to permanent ruins. You destroyed their cities. All memory of the enemies has perished. But the Lord rules forever. He reigns in a just manner. He judges the world fairly. He makes just legal decisions for the nations. Consequently, the Lord provides safety for the oppressed. He provides safety in times of trouble. Your loyal followers trust in you. For you, Lord, do not abandon those who seek your help. Sing praises to the Lord who rules in Zion. Tell the nations what he has done. For the one who takes revenge against murderers took notice of the oppressed. He did not overlook their cry for help. When they prayed, have mercy on me, Lord. See how I am oppressed by those who hate me. O oh, one who can snatch me away from the gates of death. Then I will tell about all your praiseworthy acts. In the gates of daughter Zion, I will rejoice because of your deliverance. The nations fell into the pit they had made. Their feet were caught in the net they had hidden. The Lord revealed himself. He accomplished justice. The wicked were ensnared by their own actions. The wicked are turned back and went to Sheol. This is the destiny of all the nations that ignore God. For the needy are not permanently ignored. The hopes of the oppressed are not forever dashed. Rise up, Lord. Don't let men be defiant. May the nations be judged in your presence. Terrify them, Lord. Let the nations know they are mere mortals. I'm loving that. Yeah. Um, again, different uh, different things kind of catch my ears as we talk about this. Uh, I think it's really great. Here it is, um, October 29th. Just to uh, just to give a little time to think about God and think about spiritual things. Uh, understand who God is and His self revelation. And there's an emphasis here upon the blessing for those who know the name of the Lord. And what a special thing that is to know the name of the Lord. So interestingly, in the Net Bible, in verse 10, your loyal followers trust in you. 
Mm-hmm. And what I had really wanted to come in, so th- I almost wish we had chosen this one for tomorrow because I love the way the the, the last followers, yeah. the last verse talks about it, and that's what we're going to talk about tomorrow. But but here we've got loyal followers where the ESV and I think the New King James talk about those who know your name. Yeah, I, you, apparently you've got a little idiom going on there, and the Net Bible is going to go ahead and tell us this is about that relationship. The relationship. Um. You know, one of the things I've become more and more convicted of lately, I've been studying this ah, a couple months ago. It really hit me to take a look at the name of God, especially as God defines it himself in Exodus chapter 34. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been wonderful because after I had already decided to do that, one of the other podcasts I listened to actually started doing an in-depth study of it. So I've been following along on that. So that's that's really cool. But That name of God in Exodus chapter 34 Mm -hmm. and how God defines himself, I think is really, really important in the Psalms. And I think whenever we come to a Psalm like this that talks about people remembering his name, he's not saying the ones who know the tetragrammaton, Yahweh, Mm -hmm. that four letter Hebrew combination that was supposed to represent the God of Israel. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's talking about knowing the word Adonai. I don't even think it's talking about when God introduced himself to Moses at the bush and he says, I am, the I, I am. am has sent you. It's not if you know these words. I think he's talking about this moment when Moses had said, let your glory pass before me. And God says, well, I'm going to tell you what, you you couldn't handle the full glory. So I'll hide you in this cave mm-hmm. and I'll cover you up with my hand and you'll get to see like the backside of my glory. You'll get to see the, the 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 remnants of it that you can kind of handle. But as I pass before you, I'm going to proclaim my name. Mm-hmm. And here's what he says as he's passing by Moses. This is Exodus 34. I am reading this one from the ESV, verses 6 and 7. The Lord, the Lord, or Yahweh, Yahweh, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. And so David says, the people who know your name, they trust in you. Which people is it? The people who know this. Mm. who know this is our God, the God who does not clear the guilty, mm-hmm. the God who, those who persist in sin, who persist in guilt, who continue in their rebellion, he does not clear that. But, but he is merciful and gracious and slow to anger, lo- uh, steadfast love and faithfulness, abounding in that steadfast love to thousands. And the way this is written, by the way, that, it's probably a contrast with the three and four generations. Mm-hmm. It's not to thousands of people, but to the thousandth generation, because both both in this sentence and the one where it talks about visiting the iniquity on the children, uh, the fathers to the children, and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation, does not the word generation isn't there either. Hmm. That's a translator choice to put third and fourth generation. It's to three and to four. And then the first one, of course, with thousands doesn't have the word generation, but it's a contrast. Mm -hmm. He he visits the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to three and to four versus abounding steadfast love to thousands. So to the thousandth generation versus the third and fourth generation. 
back in Exodus chapter 20, when God had given the Ten Commandments, he, he talked about this exact same thing, describing himself, and it was this visiting the iniquity on those who hate him to the third mm-hmm. and fourth generation, mm-hmm. giving the steadfast love to those who love him to thousands. And so what David is saying is the people who know this is our God, they trust you mm-hmm. and they seek you. Mm-hmm. And of mm-hmm. course, when they trust and they seek him, God delivers. You do not abandon those who seek you. Yeah, verse 10, you do not forsake those who seek you. And so this great God is a faithful God, yeah. a God of covenant. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, as, as you were talking about, and, and it extends to generations. He doesn't change. Yeah. If if one generation, if, if, if a father is a sinner and his children decide to commit the same sins and persist in that same abandonment of God and hatred of God, God's right. going to visit that iniquity on them just like he did the fathers. There's, there's not going to be exceptions. He, th- you know, that idea of to the generations is not, I take Andrew's sins and now I judge Owen for them. And Owen's my and, son. And Owen's your son. I take yeah. Edwin's sins and judge Ethan and Ryan for them. Mm-hmm. That, those that, are your sons. Those are my sons. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. 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 Thank you for clarifying. Uh, if well, we had we, video, we, we don't have family video. portraits. See, we, we, yeah, yeah. We, we do the pictures. <laughs> but it, it's, it's the idea that if if my children decide to follow in my sins, mm-hmm. they're going to get the same judgment I get. Mm-hmm. But if if a child decides to follow in a father's devotion to the Lord, then they're going to get the same mercy and steadfast love that God gives the father. In other words, he's he's not partial. He's not fickle. You know, one generation doesn't have to worry that God's going to deal with them differently than he dealt with the previous generation. Mm. You know, those those who persist in guilt get judged. He doesn't clear the guilty. But those who humble themselves and come into his presence, and we talked a little bit about this at the tail end yesterday. We were talking about God as the righteous judge. That's one of the things I did like about this net translation. They kept using that word just and having make it made just decisions, yeah. kind of given that little different nuance there that we have a God that does things fairly, that does things justly. The the requirements for having the steadfast love of God and his faithfulness versus his judgment are the same for every generation. Yeah, I, you know, and I think about um, other echoes of this uh, name declaring moment that Moses had right here in this psalm. Um, in verse 7 of Psalm 9, but the Lord shall endure forever. He has prepared his throne for judgment. He shall judge the world in righteousness. Um, in verse uh, what 11, sing praises to the Lord who dwells in Zion and declare his deeds among the people. When he avenges blood, he remembers them. He does not forget the cry of the humble. Uh, again, I, I'm just seeing the, the echoes here. It's, it's said a little differently, but the same idea of his consistency, his justice, and throughout generations, it all goes back to the same name. It goes back to the same name, and God acts for the glory of his name. Mm-hmm. And we need to understand that the glory of his name is lifted up when he does not clear the guilty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you talked, um, maybe it was yesterday when we were talking about the righteous judge, about if I'm one of the oppressed peoples, having a righteous judge is a really cool thing because we know that eventually that's right, judgment is going to come on those who are oppressing. And so knowing that I have a God who's not fickle, knowing that I have a God who is not subject to being bribed, yes. knowing that the, the guilty Mm-hmm. Uh, can't just pay God some money and continue in their sins and it'll all be okay. Or or a God that shows 
uh, favoritism, mm-hmm. right? And because I don't have the right last name or I grew up on the, the other side of the tracks, I'm not going to get justice. I'm not going to get a fair treatment. Or if I have a different nationality, a different skin color, a different accent, a different mm-hmm. socioeconomic class, right. God is going to produce justice. You, no matter what you feel about this and all the debates going on now, there's no systemic injustice in God. Mm-hmm. Now, he's not working on our timetable. And I think that's what causes the problem for many. Yeah. That, that causes them to question the righteousness of God. Because, I mean, even the, the writer of Ecclesiastes highlights he saw that sin and wickedness was continuing on and God wasn't doing anything about it mm-hmm. for a period of time. Mm-hmm. Even in this psalm, David is hinting at the fact that there is a period of time where it seems that the needy are being forgotten. There is a period of time where the hope of the poor does seem to be perishing. But he's saying, I know it won't be like that forever because I know who my God is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My God doesn't clear the guilty. His name is glorified by bringing judgment on those who persist in guilt, like he did with Pharaoh. Mm -hmm. Pharaoh persisted in guilt. God brought judgment upon him. And that glorifies God's name. Israel, on the other hand, repented, cried out to the Lord, and God gave to them faithful, loyal, steadfast love and mercy. Mm -hmm. And that also glorifies God. So I have a choice. God is going to be glorified. His name is going to be magnified. And it's going to be magnified by bringing judgment on those who persist in their guilt, Mm -hmm. bringing steadfast love to those who are willing to turn to him, plead for his mercy, and understand that the the reason why I'm not going to be judged is not because I deserve it, but because of your name and who you are. And David says the people who know this about his name, they trust in him. That's why David, in this difficult time, is able to have the optimism he has. It's a remarkable thing to understand that I am going to glorify God. And because of Christ in the gospel, I get to choose in which group I will be in glorifying mm. God. Oh, that's a good way to describe it. Yeah. Uh, listen, uh, it's, it's, it's been really good, and it, it always, I think, uh, builds our faith a little bit and certainly um, stretches our mind to think about God and his revelation in his name. Um, we'd love to hear uh, your your uh, what you're learning, what you're gaining from the text talk. Send us an email, text talk at christiansmeethere.org, text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Edwin, why don't you lead us in a word of prayer? Holy God, you who are merciful and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, having steadfast love for thousands and thousands of generations, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. We praise you. Help us know your name. And because we know your name, may we seek you. And Lord, remember that you will not abandon us. Even at times when when the devil and the enemy is trying to get us to believe we have been abandoned, in those moments when it seems that the needy and the oppressed have been forsaken, when it seems that injustice is holding sway, may we remember, Father, that justice doesn't come from men. It comes from you. You are the just, righteous God. And you will act according to your name. And so we lift up and magnify your name and we hang on to you because we long for mercy. We need it. We need it, Lord, and we pray for the forgiveness you offer. We love you so very much, Father. Thank you for loving us first. Through your Son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. 
You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. 